Soul Savvy's podcast. We back another episode, y'all. We got another guest. No pajamas this time. I usually do it whenever I don't have a guest on, but I got a guest on, so gotta get dressed up for the promotionals. So here we are, another episode. I know y'all want to hear me rambling again. Solo episode. So we got a immaculate guest, fantastic guest, songwriter, singer songwriter. She's fantastic. Straight out of. I'm glad to have an Oklahoma native on the podcast. It's always, you know, New Yorkers and California. No diss to them. I love everybody. But having an Oklahoma on a musical artist is just fantastic. I can't wait to get into this interview. But y'all give it up right now for Miss Branjay. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. yes. Okay, Miss Branjay. Yes. How are you doing? Hello. I'm doing so well. I know, right? Happy Sunday. It's, it's, is is very hot, but you know yeah. can't complain too much because then it's gonna get. Yeah, we're here, we're existing. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Of course, I I love when I hear music. I get so animated when I hear good ass music. I hate to say that, you know, if you sensitive to cussing, get buckle in because this is explicitory podcast. I just I just gotta let it free in my spirit, you know, just sprinkle a cut, like seasoning, just sprinkle a cuss words. But when I hear good music, which is your music, I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta ask what's going on with it. Cause this, it just, it just fills my spirit up. Great singles, free facts, too much. The too much one, that's that, but we'll get into that later on. I like to start off, I'm getting ahead of myself cause I'm getting excited. Cause I want to talk about your new music but before we get to that with all my uh, the artist guests that i have on i call it the musical genesis i like to get to the beginning of your story it's kind of blasphemous but i'm gonna go with it because it sounds cool to me but yeah and just to get like to your it. musical genesis <laughs> what like what's it. your yeah <laughs> thank you what's your uh in terms of music what was your first introduction into music before you even thought about singing what what was it the, in terms of the era, what was pulling you in terms of singers or musicians? Oh, well, um, I started in the beginning church. Um, I was raised in a, in a pretty strict household, um, you know, church-wise. So I didn't really have access to a lot of music that was existing in the time of my childhood. And so I was kind of a late bloomer when it came to finding cool artist in um, music um, as I began to get older. But when I was younger, there were very few artists that I did have access to. And the first one was Michael Jackson. I mean, um, the greatest. And this this is the 80s. So this is Michael Jackson prime. And then Diana Ross, you know, I liked her a lot. Um, and I listened to a lot of musicals. I was a very expressive theatrical child and so I liked um, classics old musicals um, performers like Sammy Davis Jr. I really loved and um, Tina Turner was amazing um, 
you know, I saw a few of her performances live and that was inspiring. But at the younger age, I came into knowing about Michael Jackson. And so I was allowed to see his videos and listen to his music. And so that's really who inspired me to get this idea of, well, I want to be on stage. That was my first time really seeing that, you know, seeing Michael on a huge stage and then seeing all his videos and listening to his music. It was inspiring for me as a child. That's all I would do is like watch musicals, watch Michael Jackson, the same videos over and over on VHS. And then, of course, I was raised on a lot of gospel music, so I knew very well, you know, B.B. and C.C. Winans and the Winans family and Commission and the Clark sisters and, you know, all of those artists. Um, but I really was drawn to entertainers. I like full body entertainers. I like seeing an artist when you get, when they get on stage, it's the full thing. It's not just a person standing there singing. They can dance. They're singing. There's an act element, you know, there's a theatrical mm -hmm. acting element. Um, lyrics were always really important. Rhythms were really important. And just like that star factor. I just loved artists that had that star factor. And I was very attracted to that. And I imagined myself being that when I was a child. I would, you know, I was very shy in front of people. So I would, you know, rehearse in the garage or rehearse in my room you know, when that one was there, but I really was inspired by dancing, singing, creative, you know, performers. When, when you say uh, in church, you, you bloom late in terms of like, I guess in the church world, I'll call it secular music. Secular, worldly music, you know. Right. What, <laughs> what denomination do you come from? Um, well, we called it non-denomination. So, you oh, know, okay. we weren't really like Pentecostal or anything like that. Um, you know, my, my parents were new uh, believers at the time, and they were very young. And so we came to Tulsa because my dad went to Raymond Bible College. So back then, Raymond was, okay. you know, pretty tight, you know, as far as what they considered what was sin, you know, like okay. dancing was bad, you know, all these different things. So um, I was raised kind of in that environment, you know, just shielded environment, okay. I should say, just very protected it was just very overprotected it's like the world was bad we have to shield you know our family from the world and so my parents wanted me to stay a child for as long as possible mm -hmm. so certain mu um, music and movies we weren't allowed to watch um but the things that I was watching and the things that did inspire me I watched every day you know what I mean like I was watching the same movies this to the same music every day um and so I didn't really get that there was more variety until later in life after I became a teenager, you know, and you go into school and you're hearing, you know, because I was homeschooled for a little bit in, in my earlier years. It wasn't until I started going to like high school, you know, junior high, high school. So when I started like discovering mm -hmm. other music because my peers were listening to R&B groups, you know, SWV, Brandy you know these artists that were coming out in the 90s um you know i started getting access to and so then you know i'm still learning about music like even now I'm still learning about artists and things never heard of you know black artists jazz artists you know i really wasn't you know my grandfather was into jazz but our family really wasn't 
And so mm-hmm. I didn't really like hear a lot of jazz music. And that just became something that's been a passion of mine, falling in love with jazz music and jazz artists and black artists and artists who have, you know, created this fantastic genre that, um, you know, at the time was competing with classical music. And it's just a monument staple for what black people can create, how awesome we are, you know? So mm-hmm. I didn't get that until, you know, eight years ago when I started listening to jazz. Um, okay. So yeah, kind of a late bloomer, you know, when it came to discovering music, but I wouldn't change a thing because I like discovering things. You know, I like stumbling into artists I haven't heard that I should have heard before, you know, and, uh, right. you know, being inspired. So kind of like being a kid yeah. again. <laughs> right. I, that's, that's the beautiful thing about it. You're yeah. always a student of music, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So, but I asked that because it's always interesting, the church, like how different denominations, I know you said yours was sort of non-denominational, but some of the denominations like Kojic and uh, Pentecostal, like they're very strict with, yeah. and I grew up Baptist, they say we're the heathen of the denomination. Yeah, because y'all too. <laughs> yeah, I was like, because when, because it wasn't until I, like literally like 25 when I, you know, got up in age and I would talk to certain musicians and artists and then just interviewing guests, they're like, yeah, we couldn't listen to R&B or hip. I was like, <laughs> I, was listening. I was going to church every Sunday and still listening to uh, Too Short and Prince and whatever I wanted to listen to. I was listening to uh, Erotic City at, at the tender age of nine, so I, was, <laughs> I had no limitation. I had no idea, I had no idea who that even was. <laughs> yeah well it was just mostly watching music videos it was like i was just i i if you were a child that watched tv a lot back then it was just mtv or video soul on bt that was it and i that's what i just took in all that but i yeah. asked you that because i was i was finding it interesting like how I met the church with the restrictions because if i was restricted i probably would have been more of a heathen than i am now that's exactly that's what happens right. you know it's like you get yeah. so sheltered and so restricted that when you become of age you just you're just trying everything like i'm doing right. this I'm that. because you just never know you're not you know you're not brought into it in a you know delicate way where you're getting like little bites of experience in the world at the time you know you can safely experiment and learn things without hurting yourself but you know, being raised in the church, you know, you was in the church, there can be a lot of fear, you know, embedded in mm-hmm. um, the teachings without knowing it, you know, um, which was taught. So, um, yeah, I, I appreciate it. You know, I appreciate being sheltered and I'm finding mm-hmm. the positivity in that now. And that is, like you said, being a, a student of music still, you know, still learning so much um, as if I was little. And so, yeah, that's something positive. With that, what's your, what's your childhood? Um, the reason why I asked that question in terms of like who stuck out to you is because I feel like with nostalgia, because I asked the therapist, what is it with like nostalgia with music? Like when you hear it, it like transports you. And he said it's more to do with the prefrontal uh, cortex of our brain. Yeah, to where like we know, remember exactly where we were when we first heard that song. Like I remember, like it could be I, once it come on, like I can I can picture myself where I was when I first heard it, and mm-hmm. I wanted to know, in terms of like musical eras, what's one like it could be seventies, eighties, or nineties. What's a, a musical era that stands out in terms of childhood? What st- sticks out to you? The nineties, you know, that really stands out to me. Late eighties, early nineties, you know that that was when 
I was at the age where I was really paying attention, mm -hmm. you know, to what was around me. Um, so yeah, I would say nineties, um, and then mid nineties, you know, I really loved R and B. Like I really loved, you know, the female singing groups, the guy singing groups, um, the solo artists that were coming out. And then I also liked a lot of like the rock and then a lot of, you know, different genres of music because I was raised in an environment where people was listening to everything, you know, so it's kind of, you know, in the mid nineties when I was kind of tuning my ear to music more than in my earlier mm -hmm. childhood, um, I just started listening to everything, you know, just whatever right. I could get my hands on rock music and hip hop and, you know, some blues and some country and, you know, mm -hmm. of that, it was a nice sweet spot. I like in the nineties with music, you know, people were still, duplicating choruses, doubling choruses, and singers would actually ad-lib over their tracks, and we had bridges, you know, like, we had yes. a nice bridge, we don't have bridges no more, um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I really liked, I really liked that era, and, um, yeah, and then, the, and then I like the 70s era, you know, truly, I like, you know, a lot of the disco, I like a lot of the upbeat stuff, and then, Oh, of course, in the 90s, Whitney, you know, the ballad singers, oh, yeah. Mariah, all the pop that was coming out, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my, where I hang out in era. You know, my, my music kind of is a current throwback to the 90s, you know, a lot of stuff. Um, and then we float throughout different genres. And I think that uh, reflects through my upbringing and just what I was exposed to as I started paying more attention to music and being where I'm from and going to the schools I went to and being around the people I was around. Um, it caused me to have an ear to um, be interested in all types of music, um, not just R&B or just jazz or just soul. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think that reflects even today in my songwriting. You know, I don't really stick with one genre. I'm a BAM artist. Um, which I've been labeling uh, Black American music as the genre, and I just refer to it as hashtag BAM. Uh, right. But yeah, it's just all the different genres that, you know, we've created through centuries. And uh, I still express my way myself through that, you know, that style. So, yeah. God, it was such a simpler time in the 90s. I, was, I tell people younger than me all the time, like, you know, there was a time where we actually went to the store to purchase it when it came out. It was like the yeah. like the release days. It started out on Tuesdays and then it started to progress to Thursdays yes. going into the late nineties. But I was like, I remember like when that, that album was getting ready to drop, like everybody was waiting on it. And yep. you go to the and then explicitory music, you couldn't even get that. You know, no. we celebrate fifty years of hip hop. You couldn't even you had to request that, especially if you had if you were underage, you had to have a parent with you to get it. But yeah, it's yep. like yeah. yeah, I remember I, that. You couldn't buy that. Yeah, I remember that. Do you remember your first purchase of, of music? Was it, what What was, uh, I like asking this question just to get a, a, a sense of the era you were in. What was your first uh, purchase? Was it a my, CD or my, cassette? My first purchase that I bought was a CD. And my first ever record that was a CD and we had records and stuff around the house but those are records that my parents were buying and things that we had but mm -hmm. when, I, when I had went and took my money and went to the record store because you had to go to the record store and get the CD it was Miss Education of Lauren Hill I bought that oh CD nice three times yeah I that will turn 25 this year too yes it did 
Yeah. Yeah, that was that was I think that was the first record. Or at least the first one I remember that was you know, that's like a memory. Mm-hmm. It might have been a record before that, but I don't remember it. You know, I remember Right. You remember that Abby one specifically. Lauren Hill, yes. Yeah. yeah, specifically. And so with okay, you're you you listed all the different artists that you like. What what was that that age did you always know you wanted to sing what was that age for you to where you locked in where or it was a high school age where you wanted to pursue it professionally well i knew i wanted it as a child so five and six and then i started pursuing music i guess being on stage um I was, you know, on a TV show slash, you know, dance troupe that traveled. I started getting into competitions and things like singing competitions, dance competitions. You know, I was on a local television show that was like the Mickey Mouse Club, right? So I started that mm-hmm. at like nine or 10 years old. And then um, after that, I, I think I graduated from that when I was about 14. And then I moved over, I, I went to Higher Dimensions, which was a mega church back in the day. And so Mm -hmm. I was involved in choir and dance there and we toured and did, you know, great things. And then I kind of aged out of that. And then I began to do like live music and put a band together and write my own songs and do what I'm doing now. That started in like 2004 or five when I really was like, oh, I can do this. You know, like this is something that can be pursued. Like my first gig, I was hired by a band called Full Flavor Kings. Charlie Red took me under his arm, under his wing, I should say, and sort of trained me and taught me the ways of like a scene, the music scene, being a full-time musician, what that looks like. At the time I wasn't full-time, but I knew I wanted to eventually get there. And so Mm -hmm. I started learning about the business and things about 2004 and 2005. My first gig, you know, he handed me $75 and I was like, we get paid for this? Like, I didn't even realize. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) I thought we was doing it for the love because in church, you know, you sing every Sunday because of the love of Christ. You don't Mm -hmm. get paid for it, you know? And so I didn't realize that until later. So I was pretty green when I came into the game, 2005. Okay. Um, my next question in terms of, cause I like to know like artists, what their artist inspiration is. And I wanted to know, cause I don't know if, uh, if it's just a musician thing or if artists do this. I'm always curious to know this because in terms of the musician perspective, like when you were talking about learning, I didn't learn jazz till I started, uh, being classically in jazz trained, being a pianist. And then it just kept becoming like, I'm a kind of person where I'm obsessive with music. So it's like, once I learn an artist, I got to learn their whole discography. If they got like yeah. eight or 10 albums, I have to listen to it. And I always wondered if artists like look at other artists, like if you like say Whitney Houston, like what's her inspiration? And then you start tracking it back. And then next thing you know, you're in a whole different era of like the forties and fifties because you tracked it back to Miss Dionne Ward. And then yeah, you track right. this down more back to, you know, Donna Washington. And then Donna Washington yes. is like, you keep, I just keep, I was wondering, do you do that in terms of, do you follow your, your inspirations, inspiration? Yeah. I mean, I like to call those rabbit holes, you know, now that we have YouTube and Spotify. Right. Like, right. You know, <laughs> those are rabbit holes <laughs> where like, right. you know, you listen to your artists or you listen to an, an, an um, a new artist and then you, I'm, I'm looking at tiny desk 
you know, mm-hmm. and then it'll eventually like connect me to something else that's turning to us that has something to do related to that artist. So yeah, I definitely travel down rabbit holes, but I'm more of an artist that I jump around a lot. You know, I like, I don't really feel like I have a sense of when I find a song that I like, honestly, I don't usually go right to the artist. I usually sit with that song. I will listen to that one song probably all day, you know, Mm -hmm. on repeat, or I'll move to something else and then go back to that song again. And then, you know, after I know all the lyrics to the song, I'll be like, who is this? (laughs) You know, and then like, what else do they have? You know, and then I start that journey, but I'm someone more like, I, I jump around, you know, I just, I like the music. So it's like this song I like it's difficult sometimes for me to you know I'm not an encyclopedia when it comes to artists you know I have some friends that are like literal encyclopedias they know the artist's name which which song the artist songs what record they're on the name of the record like I lose artist names and stuff I always have to rely on like my Spotify like who am I listening to right now because I'm somebody that like you know like I don't know I'm listening to this amazing music I don't even know the artist I forget my name and things so um, you know, but after I go through the discog, the, um, the, all of their music and I go through, you know, traveling down the rabbit hole and I usually will note them and start to learn them. But usually, yeah, I'm somebody that I'm just like, I like this song. This song is awesome. This song is awesome. Find another song. I make a playlist of songs I like and I really make an effort to go through and look at like, who is the actual artist? I'm like, oh, I've heard that artist. You know? So yeah, that's usually how I move about it. That's, man. I was trying to keep with my questions, but like 27 more just popped in when you said that because it just sparked. That's what happened. Yeah, I like it. But yeah. Yeah, Yeah, uh, the next one, in terms of like your vocality, like when I heard, because we don't get to the music, when I heard it, I was like, because it's so easy to say soulful. It's so easy easy to say that word, but I was like, what is what is it? Because it was something, it was a word that was coming to me, but it wasn't, it wasn't that. I didn't want to just say soulful. I was trying to use a different word. And when I heard the latest single you had, I was like, okay, pureness. I was like, that's what was coming to me. Cause I, it's like a pure quality tone. That's like, I love artists that play to the record in terms of the note placement. Like it's not too much, it's not overdone and it, it, the pureness of it, it has like a lot of heart to it. And when it's heartfelt like that, I can feel the lyrics and it's like, Thank oh, you. you know, you, you feel the meaning of it, you know? Yeah, and it was yeah. like, but I was like, it's more than soulful. I was like, this is pureness. And I love like that alto range. I love singers like uh, Aja from uh, Kendra's Family Soul, like those, oh, yeah. those, uh, those certain tones. Yeah. Oh. It's like almost to where it's like pure. If like you made a ballad, I probably would cry because that that tone, it just it just resonates like beautifully. I want to know in terms of your your vocality, when did you start learning your voice in terms of? Because you kind of it's like I look at it from like an athletic perspective in terms of like the more you do it, the more good you get at it, and it becomes just second nature to you, like brushing your teeth, like you know, in terms of the craft of singing i wanted to know when did you start learning your voice like what you could do like how far you could go or how you could push yourself when did when did you start learning your voice honestly i'm still learning my voice you know i'm still pushing myself um it became conscious that 
let me back up. I used to think that like singing was something that you either had or you didn't have, right? It was either something you could do and you were good at or you were okay at or you were not good at all. I never looked at it like something that could be honed as a skill and could be mm -hmm. practiced and you could get better. And so mm -hmm. I didn't start really like working on my voice and trying different things and like seeing what's comfortable and what's uncomfortable and let's push to the point of being uncomfortable and trying to go past that point and taking voice lessons and actually practicing during the day, not just like singing at the show, right? Actually mm -hmm. practicing and pushing myself until like four years ago, you know, up until that time, I always was a performer where I would perform. I was only, you know, I sang to myself, I sang in the shower, I sang along with music I was listening to. You know, you sing because it's in you. You sing because it's just a way of expression. But rehearsal and practicing is something different, right? Mm -hmm. Just like, I'm singing because this feels good and I'm singing in the moment and I'm humming, this is my jam, I'm singing along. That's the feel good and the, express the expressive part. But that is totally different than honing your skills and honing your craft part. And so I didn't learn that that was even, you know, a possibility or that's what was happening when singers took voice lessons or when I thought voice lessons were people who just like did not have the ability to sing, right? It's like you either have right. it or you don't. So it's like people who don't have it, like those are the people who are taking voice lessons, but really the most, the most dynamic singers in the world still take voice lessons because that's what continues mm -hmm. to make them dynamic. And so I didn't really start taking voice and rehearsing and practicing piano and like writing songs you know, um, that, that pushed me a little bit more vocally, um, till about like four or five years ago, you know, it's something new because I would get on stage and just let it go. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like self-express, <laughs> right. feel like give it all, lay it down, you know, not really thinking of like, how could I, you know, get better as a vocalist? How can I mm -hmm. push myself and, and, and actually, do more vocally because I would listen to other singers and be like, damn, I wish I can sing like that. Or damn, I wish I had a tone like that. I wish I could do that. It's like, no, you can practice things that you're not good at. You know, you're like, I'm not a singer. Like I don't, you know, I don't do head tone. It's like, well, head tone is a place in the, in the voice that you can learn right. to practice. Right. So, um, that's been really fun, you know, time for me and just like very, kind of giddy and childlike learning something new figuring to push it's been challenging at times too my and sometimes my vocal classes I get frustrated with myself and cry and just like you know I would be a little kid trying something new um but when mm -hmm. it's practiced and I go home and practice the skills and I take what my voice teacher teaches me and then I use those skills and and use them on stage while I'm singing I feel myself improving you know I feel myself improving on my recordings if I listen to my like first recording on my first record to like the last recording it's like a huge difference and so um yeah I, I feel like honing your skill and getting better at your vocals is something that we should always just be doing you know like me at least you know you don't I don't want to tell anybody what they should or shouldn't be doing, but you know, I feel like if I'm going to be a singer, I need to practice, you know, if I'm going to be a writer, I should be writing. If I'm going to be, you know, doing those things that just helps us get better at it. So I feel like it's something that is recent when you want to talk about honing and like talk about pushing myself and practicing. That's something I didn't really start putting into play until just recently in my career, because I was just all about feeling all about just 
mm-hmm. which is great too. We need that too, because I feel like that's what always connects me with my audience is uh, the vibration and the passion and the realness and the, you know, all mm-hmm. the energy that comes with those live shows. I think that's what connects me with people. Um, but I felt like vocally I could improve. And so I wanted to start improving. And so then I was like, oh, this is something that people do. And it's like, you know, Beyonce is still taking voice lessons. And so some of these like great singers are still taking voice lessons. It doesn't mean that you need help. It just means that you're trying to like get better. But I had kind of the wrong perception of growth, you know, what that looked like. I thought it was just singing was something that I did to express myself. And so that was sort of a limitation for me. Like that was at a time, a limit. It was, I use this to express myself which is great but at the same time it's like I can use this to express myself and then I can improve upon that and really get better at it and it becomes even a bigger expression and even a greater gift to the audience so yeah that's kind of how I see it that's uh, that's relatable because uh, musicians do the same thing in terms of they have this thing some of them I call them music snobs where they think like if you uh if you can play by ear and it's some of them that, that it's like play by ear, then also the ones that can read music. But my thing is, you know, and they're real big on music theory. My thing is, you know, uh, as long as you learn in the piece and you're holding integrity, that's as good as a musician you're going to be. Nobody really cares if you know a score, <laughs> a five minute yeah. score, or if you know E flat, because a lot of people, they, musicians, uh, they'll learn like three or four keys and then they think that's playing by ear. And it's like, you know what I mean? It's like little, those little tricks in there. And then, cause my perception of that was too, cause they had me believing like, if you didn't read music, you wasn't a real musician. So I definitely mm-hmm. get that perspective. But in terms of, uh, cause your songs are so dope. Um, what, what, what was the age for you to where you started writing songs? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, uh, I started, I think I wrote my first song when I was like, maybe like a teenager, you know, maybe like early, you know, it was early. And then I did a first recording when I was, you know, about 18 or 19 with my uncle. My uncle was a, is a musician and, you know, he kind of lived in our house here and there when I was growing up and he was, you know, the guy with the keyboards and he danced and he sang and he song wrote and he went on tour with a band and he had rehearsal every week and so you know I'd be like oh come on where are you going going to rehearsal going to rehearsal going on tour um so you know I was kind of exposed to that so he actually helped me with my very very first recording when I was super young and it was a song that I wrote then um probably you know 18 maybe 17 18 um so yeah, I mean, I, I would say that that's kind of late, you know, um, I know a lot of my friends and things that have been recording and playing and doing things a lot earlier than that. Um, but like I said, I was a late bloomer. So um, yeah, I think I early teenage years is when I first started really writing songs, I always like, you know, wrote songs and sang along you know, to myself and wrote poetry in my notebook and things like that when I was a little girl, but I didn't really have a concept on like how to arrange a song you know I was just like mm-hmm. coming up with ideas ma- making melodies or whatever but I started arranging music when I was a teenager okay the and what do you remember your first song you wrote um somebody else asked me this 
I don't. I remember the second song I wrote was called Picture on My Wall. And it was a ballad. Um, the first song, it's like, it's like there. I just cannot remember the title of it. I need to hit up my Uncle Ron CD. Maybe a possibility he still has that. But no, I don't remember. It's been so long and so much. Don't, time. don't. And I usually don't ask that question because yeah. I feel like it's a throwaway question for an easy question to ask songwriters. Yeah. But the only reason why I'm asking that because I was the curiosity was like usually like that first song it like it can ignite like um, doing like writing multiple songs at one time because I'd ask uh, Marsha Ambrosia and she was like her pen game crazy. She's talking about she wrote something within minutes of hearing a, a music and I was just going to transition to ask like, do you need music to, to start writing or do you just create from nothing? I was curious depends. on that. Yeah, it just okay. depends. It just depends, really. It's both, you know. I try and stay fluid, not get stuck in just one way. Um, many times a producer will hit me up or I'll collaborate with someone and they already have a track. I'm like, what do you think about this track? I like it or I don't. I know within... 20 seconds if, if I vibe with it and mm. I'll either write to something that's already there or I'll have an idea of the music already and work and do the track myself and write something to it and then hand it off to a producer that can make the track better or hire musicians you know I might hire a drummer and a bass player to like redo my bass somebody to actually mm -hmm. put real keys on it and then sometimes I just write you know lyrics and melody without any music you know it just kind of happens that way and then filter in and put the music in afterwards so I like to stay fluid and do both however I'm inspired I usually hadn't done a lot of like collaborating in the sense of being in the same room with someone writing at the same time mm -hmm. um so now I'm really want to get more into that because I've always been kind of like a solo writer you know like I okay give me the track email it to me I'm gonna go home mm -hmm. alone and write the song that way and then come back with something you know come back with a demo of the song um but i really want to venture more into writing with other people you know showing up at a studio hey what's the concept what do we want to do what do we want to talk about what's the vibe and creating a track and writing together you know um that's something that makes me nervous and that's something that makes me you know a little bit like well because i never do it that way so that's a good idea and a good reason to do it you know so um, I want to be connecting with, I'll be connecting with some different artists here to, to practice that. But mostly, you know, I write to a track or I'll just make something up and then make a track. Um, but both ways. Yeah. Not, see, I should just ask you that instead of that one. Cause you, you answered it perfectly. What I was, uh, cause, uh, when I hear too much, the reason I was just so curious to get in your brain in terms of songwriting, because it's it's rare like in this time because it's a lot of music and it's not to diss any new music that's out because there's a lot of good uh pop music out with quality lyrics but when i heard too much it is something about like before because my thing with music like it has to pull me in within like the first 15 seconds like right. melodically with the lyrics and also sonically yeah like i feel like there's three elements to music the lyricism the lyrics um, the vocality and the production, whether if it's live instrumentation or just, you know, uh, whether it's drum programming or if it's just a sonic type of production, like all those three things have to align for it to be good. 
and if I feel like if one thing is missing out of that element, then it's not, it, it's good, but it may not be like that quality. But when I heard too much, I'm like, yo, this is pulling me in within like the first 20 seconds. And I mean, in like, not just the production, but just the lyrics and the vocals and like the way it all came together. And when you were talking about like people not writing bridges and pre-choruses, like that gave me that feeling of not like, like nostalgia dated type of feeling like, oh, this is throwback old type, but it gave me that good feeling of like when I hear Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, like yeah, when I hear right. Bell, you know, and LA Reed and Babyface, like those type of records that they recorded like during the eighties, the it, it gave me that, that vibe of like quality songs. Oh, and great. I'm so happy you're saying this. Thank you. That's great. Yeah. Cause, and I don't, and I don't like blowing smoke. I just say yeah. it like, how I because I'm a very harsh music critic when it comes to because I don't think soul music I look at soul music as genreless like I don't pertain it to like R&B blues like what you were saying earlier mm -hmm. like Tina Turner like those artists are genreless to me and can you know uh Michael McDonald like all those mm -hmm. are like I don't I don't classify certain people as oh this is R&B or this is you know this this I just look at it like what it's for even like my favorite singer, my top 10, Steve Perry, like from Journey. Oh my, his voice is from incredible. Yes. yes, Steve Perry. Oh my God. It's just a pure vocality. Like that hits the soul to me. Like that's genreless. Like yes. his voice is just pure. Tony Bennett, rest on him. One of my top favorites. Like I don't classify it as, you know, even though it's in the jazz realm, I don't look at it like it's just pure vocals, you know? Yeah. It's and, can't you can't put it in a box it's yeah. just like yeah it's genreless that's the best way to describe it i mean yeah with your new music that you're putting out in terms of your vision um like putting out an lp what's your what do you envision for like a full lp what's your what's your vision in terms of how you want the the audience to receive it i'm a storyteller um, and so I like to tell stories. I like to tell encouraging stories uh, through music, through the lyrics, and through the visuals. So my next, um, the next one's going to be an album. It is actually going to debut as a film project first, and then the album will be kind of, what do they call when you release, um, a film, the soundtrack. Soundtrack, okay. Right, so this next record is going to be more focused on the storytelling aspect. So the music is produced that way. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about this next project. Um, and so that's what I want people to see. You know, I want them to be connected to the story. I want them to relate to the story and I want them to learn something from the story maybe they haven't seen or learned or see, seen or heard before um and so i like to attack things a little bit differently i don't necessarily feel like when you come out with a record that you have to do what the industry says like it's 2023 mm -hmm. artists are doing what we want as far as mm -hmm. our careers and how we want to do it and, and what our budget allows you know so right. i feel you know you don't have to like have a record come out with a single release that record do it a certain way it has to be on spotify it has to you know like all of this i i want to share art 
in an artistic way. You know, I want to show the music, which is art, in an artistic way. So I like to use the visuals and all that. So I want to roll out a visual interpretation of the music at the same time that they're hearing the music and then later on release that album. So when people hear the album, they already have an image of what I've already shown them to the music. Right. That's so genius. That, all that, because... I love people that think visually because then I could get a full totality of like, in terms of the project, when it comes out, it's like, okay, that makes sense. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if you're telling a story, because mm -hmm. I, I look at it the same way with like, like if you read an adaptation of a book, like if I, if I read a book and I see the, the film, it's like, oh, okay. And then if it, it has to align the way I read it or whatever, you know, if I visualize yeah, right. it a certain way, then, yeah. Yeah, Man. like planting the seed. I, I want you to think a certain thing when you hear this song. Usually it's the other way around. Usually it's mm -hmm. like the song comes out and if you like the song, you automatically get kind of a feel or a visual of what you see in your head. It might not even be clear, but you get kind of an idea. And then you see the video, you're like, oh, this is not exactly what I was thinking at all. Like, this is wow. This is another level. Or you hear a song that's like, okay, you're not really like growing on it. Like, you're not really cool on it. It's okay. I like it, but it's not like, eh, it's okay. And you see the video and you're like, oh my God, damn. Like, this exactly. is amazing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the song is amazing. Because you saw the, the, the visual interpretation of that artist wanted to show you with that song and you connect to it more. So there's so many different ways to play like that, you know, and to be able to release our music in a way that is different and that you know I just mm -hmm. want it to be effective is what I'm going for so I, I want I don't like feeling stuck in a box I don't like being told I have to do things a certain way that's just the Aquarius in me I like to reinvent the wheel and just do something that nobody else has ever done or try it I'm not afraid to like, try things this intro vibronic that I released the singles on Spotify but I only did the release of the record mm -hmm. on Bandcamp you know, and everyone's like, you're crazy, you're crazy, you're crazy to do that, you're crazy to do that, you have to stream, you have to stream, like, no, you don't, I've already made more money than what, I, what I've made for the album streaming for the next two months, you know, so, right. it's about trying to yeah. do things differently, share your music directly, you know, we share our music on streaming and share it on YouTube, and we spend all this money as artists on our projects, and then it's hard to stay afloat. How do you pay for it when you don't have mm -hmm. backing, you know? And so that's where the adventurous part of me steps up and says, oh, well, let's try this. You know, Bandcamp is a great platform. allows you to you know, connect with your audience straight up. And, exactly. Um, yeah, and it works, and it works. And, and it's great, and people are seeing the music and hearing the music and getting connected. And, you know, and that connects them to youtube and spotify and, and as you know i got a lot of other music and stuff on spotify and mm -hmm. some things i'll release on spotify that won't be anywhere else and other things you know i'll release on digital you know forms or on 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 an album and that's all you can get is an album it's like let's just try things like i'm not afraid to you know do that because it's about getting your message out how what's the best way that the music can be heard the message can be understood and you know what's the best way that that really I can help people, you know, is my, is my purpose. It's just to encourage, inspire, help, keep people going. Music keeps me going. I just want to be an artist that's putting out positive influence 
instead of negative influence into a world that needs that balance, you know, and positivity. We're out of balance. The negative is just like hanging, like the music. People are struggling finding good music. You know, lyrics are kind of going down. You know, it's like, let's talk about some real stuff um, and some inspi- and inspiring things. And so, yeah, now's the time that we, we got all these tools as artists. We can use that to put it back out into the world and get it into the listener's ears. So I'm just really willing to try whatever we got to do. Let's try it. See if it yeah. works. Let's see if this works. Let's see if people will pick it up and hear it. So. Um, that's so aggravating. I swear, it's like people that always want stuff for free. <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. they like, you know, because uh-huh. Bandcamp, it is like, I've seen so many musicians and artists that, that do use Bandcamp, how beneficial it is for them in the long run because they know like with that uh, outlet, it's going to lead to more ticket purchases with them, like tour tickets and stuff like that. So it's like tour merchandise, you know, and merchandise and just like it connects you to everything and it just takes out that I mean, there's nothing wrong with streaming. Streaming is fine, except that the artists don't make money. It's great whenever you're an underground artist or you're an artist that's grassroots and you need to be found on the internet. It's great for that. But when you're trying to be a six-figure musician and you're trying to do Mm -hmm. it full time and you're trying to like make music be your job the one the thing that pays your bills then you got to monetize somehow yeah. you know and so to invest in a product like it's not going to work that way if you're in the perfume business if you make invest exactly. all the money and putting into a perfume and then you just put into the market for free it's like well where do you get the return where do you <laughs> how does it work so i don't yeah. know why but we do music in that way and so you know i just appreciate because it. it's, yeah, it's just lazy I say it because I, I, I wrote a whole article talking about it because they got mad at me for saying that because they were because Adele, like certain people with large following, like their music is going to do good because they have built that that foundation of their brand where it's like, oh, I know they're going to put out a good album, so I'm going to buy it just off of the name. But they were with it and uh, social media has a way of like, when they don't like somebody doing well, if they've been doing well so long, that's when the negativity comes in. And then they were like, oh, Adele's, you know, culture vulture and then all that stuff. And then I was like, well, why aren't you buying Legacy albums? Why aren't you buying Selena Johnson? If that's the equivalent, then why aren't you buying these albums? And then when I call it out, it's like, we want to talk around the issue. It's like, no, because you're not supporting. You're saying you're mad at this artist for doing black music. But you're not supporting black music. Like exactly. they have this, they're in the same footing because they're all recording artists. They all have the same footing. Is what mm. you put your energy into. And I, I don't. I stopped uh, some years ago asking artists about music today because, like you said, we're in 2023 with the internet. You can literally find any music to gravitate towards you. And but people are lazy. Like it's artists. They're like, what happened to? I'm like, they're on tour. Like. Yeah. If you buy a ticket, if you buy purchase the music, they're still putting out albums. Like, how about you go look it up? The internet is free. Google is free. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's 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 look it up. <laughs> they got websites. They got tour tickets for sale. They got merchandise for sale. Let's, you know, I just call it out. I can't. Yeah. I don't like that complacency for the consumer. That's why I'm glad that vinyl sales are coming back CDs and it's actually the younger people that are getting curiosity of what this music is and 
they're reaching back and now everybody's I'm I'm getting back to it now because I got so spoiled with streaming. It's like, no, let me go back to buying the, the vinyl sets and going buying CDs. I just started buying back CDs like two years ago during yeah, COVID. I mean, I feel like I feel like streaming is free. You play you pay, you know, ten, twelve dollars a month, right? Yeah. It's free anyway. Like you pretty much right. just play whatever you want anyway. And and how much cooler is it to have something tangible? Like in exactly. your hand. When you buy a record, you know, I just came out with a lyric book for Intravibronic. Um, it's got the lyrics, it's got um, the song definitions and just like what the songs mean, where I, what, where I was coming from when I wrote each song. And then it's got meditations at the end of it that go with each song each day um, that are related to those songs that are um, mantras that can be used in meditation. And then photography, because I did a whole thing on uh, film photography with a photographer out here. And we shot to film. And so I didn't release any of those photos on on the internet, you know, but we printed really nice lyric book. And so it's like to have something tangible now, to have the music tangible now, like we listen to it on streaming anyway. To me, it's about just right. like having it, you know, like having, you know, the records and having the CDs and having, I mean, I've even seen young bands do tape cassettes now. Like they're even trying to bring back just, you know, even if there's no music on it, but a link to something else, right? It's like mm -hmm. the the actual tangible something, the item to look at. Mm -hmm. It's just awesome. And that's something that we had right. in our generation. We was coming up. These kids don't know about it now because yeah. they're born into streaming. You know, they don't know about like waiting in the line outside the record store before the thing drops. You know, like exactly. <laughs> Reading credits on the that's who I knew who Babyface was because I was looking at Pebbles Pebbles album and I'm seeing the face all over it and then I'm seeing Kenny Edmonds on it and then yeah. I'm looking at more of the face right. I'm like, who is this guy? And it's just like you just keep following it on every record. It's like, record. but that's that's what it's about. It's about. I, I found the answer because I'm like, what is, what's wrong with it? I'm like, that's what's wrong with it. We didn't got lazy and we got complacent with streaming because we pay our little $10 a month, like you said, and we get all that, any album we want from our favorite artists from there, but we stopped buying the music. So when new artists or even uh, seasoned artists put out music, we're like, oh, is it on this stream? Right. And it may be just available. And now they're starting to vinyl printing and they're starting to do vinyl sales and all that stuff because people are starting to get the love of it back. And yeah. I'm, I'm getting to that point now where I'm like, like I literally just wrote down while you were talking, buy Branger's lyric book because I'm about to go in there. I literally wrote it because I'm old school. I still write stuff down. I'm like, I got to write this down to, to buy it because I like to support it because that's the only way we're going to keep it moving. The culture, the black music specifically in yeah. rock and blues, any any genre that black music exists, we have to keep supporting it. That's the only way it's going to preserve and keep going if we actually purchase it and support tours, support more merch and all that. So, and I only got a couple more questions and I'm going to play with this, play this game with you. I play with all the guests so I can get you out of here. Uh, my next one in terms of like how you look at the live experience with uh, whether touring or just doing a live show, what what's something that you take from it now that you that you have retrospect on it from when you like you like what do you think of how you perform now versus like how you started what's the difference 
to you? Oh, confidence. Just confidence. Just growing confidence and being comfortable. You know, just being, that's what you learn. It's like the more you do anything, the better you get at it. And so I feel like I've been playing shows so long. I've learned so much. You know, I've learned how to deal with a hardened audience. Somebody that's, you know, an audience that's a, a, a more of a difficult audience. I've learned, you know, how to make a proper set list to make your music flow according to what your audience is doing, picking up on their energy, you know, because mm-hmm. every audience is different. You know, sometimes yes. you get on stage and immediately like, oh, okay, they're up. They're ready to go. They're ready to right. catch anything I throw at them, right? Let's start out the gate. We up in the high stuff, you know, the upbeat stuff. Right. From the top. And some people, you know, they need a little bit of introduction. And some people need a shock whenever you come out on stage. So I'm doing a costume change, you know, right after the first song. Like, oh my God. Oh, okay. nice. Right. You know, just so like, oh, I turned around. I came out. Now she's in a different dress. <laughs> right. You That's know, so great. It's just expanding the show, getting more comfortable, you know, getting stronger at, you know, memorizing lyrics and remembering lyrics and, directing a band you know you get stronger at that I feel like that is one thing that's got me um you know that I've grown in is being actually a a band leader um and Mm -hmm. you know gaining trust with an actual band um how to Mm -hmm. run a rehearsal how to like you know do all that stuff when you're green you don't know you don't know that you don't know how to be Mm -hmm. a leader or what how to keep people excited how to make them feel like they're a part of what you're doing um because even when musicians are getting paid people have to feel purpose you know in whatever they're doing Mm -hmm. like is this just the brand j show and where do i fit in it you know kind of is this you know i'm a part of this am i not what am i bringing so i've learned a lot through the years you know how to cultivate that like how to keep the energy up how to get people excited about what they're doing and how to keep new songs coming in you know writing new songs and and just you know being a professional i think that just gets better over time oh i gotta i gotta see one of your live shows because just watching it the the clips of it i felt so much energy because i'm like this is a performer i'm like this is what it's about mm-hmm. it's like that because i'm always captivated by um performances the where it's um like that confidence like you said like i look at that with grace jones prince rick james when i look at those live performance footage it's like confidence like you said but you have this like vigorous just electrifying energy like i that's what makes the the music impactful because when you believe in it that's gonna make me believe what you're doing and i love that that reciprocation with the crowd, like what you were saying, I can feel that energy just from how they're responding to you often. And that's how you know you're like in the top elite level with performing and you're already there. I'm like, man, I, I got some of these live shows. This is, I was like, this is incredible. It, Cause I got like, I love seeing people, artists that not necessarily they're a replicate of their inspiration, but I love like the Tina Turner. I can feel that energy, yeah. even though you may not be doing exactly what she did in 1970, whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can I can still feel that same like energy that she gave, like the performance, the intention with yes, performing. Yes. yes, that's all it is. You know, that's all performing yeah. is. That's all getting up on stage any artist, you know, you're carrying this ball of energy that's inside of you and you're sharing it. And so I want to blast people in the face with it. 
and then I want oh. them to hit and then throw it back yes. at me. And so it's this tennis match that's happening that's positive energy, you know. So I love going out where the energy feels kind of like mm, people aren't really sure, you know, people aren't really talking to each other. It's not a like, and I like turning that around. That's just like the yeah. the best feeling is like going out on stage to a vibe that's kind of like eh, and then changing that whole vibe. And by the time it's over, people are excited and they're talking. They feel good about themselves. And like you mm-hmm. make me feel so empowered. Like this made me feel like going out and doing the thing that I want to do or other musicians comes I'm a singer and I I've been too scared and seeing you made me feel like I was scared too like just do it you know right. feeling that empowerment and just like that's my purpose you know I feel like it's so it's so powerful and I take it so serious you know it's not something that I'm just getting up here like oh no no I'm just up here playing a show it's like no we right. are manipulating energy you know it's what we're doing mm-hmm. we're manipulating energy and you're sharing it with people. So what kind of mm-hmm. energy do I want to share with this crowd? You know, I have to leave whatever it was that was bothering me before I got there or if there were issues with me. I can't have issues with people in my band or issues with anyone on my team. Like, I feel like I have to, like, sever- like let's table this and we'll talk about this issue later or let's, like, fix this issue so that it can just mm-hmm. be pure. So that when mm-hmm. I get on stage and it's pure energy and it's positive light that I'm sending to people and they're sending it back to me and then, then we can all just feel good, you know? So I take it very, very, very seriously. It's something that, you know, if I can't get it together and, and get myself in that positive uh, alignment, then that's mm-hmm. when I need to take a break from stage. You know, it's like I, I go in my room, <laughs> in my home, and I'm taking a break until I get the alignment with myself and God the Father and figure out what is going on. And then once I find that alignment within myself and I feel universally connected, now it's time to perform because I feel like I'm up here manipulating energy. You know, it's not, it's not lightweight. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. And it can go bad. Uh, Music makes people fight. Music can make people fight. Music yeah, make, you know what I'm saying. You think about it, like ain't nobody in, ever been to a show of Brand J's and ever got in a no fist fight. Like it just doesn't happen. <laughs> people are gonna be loving each other. <laughs> oh man, and laughing and sharing joy because that is the actual intention when I get up there, and I feel like that's just such a blessing. You know, it's so powerful. You, you're saying I relate to 100 percent because being an MD. I, I treat corporate gigs as like my college because I like scanning the crowds because most of the time like when you're doing especially if it's like for award shows like certain like charity events or like I do a lot of sports professional get like for MLB and stuff like that and it's a lot of like you know above 34 percent tax bracket you know maybe yeah, right. in the 38 39 and yeah, so right. it's like but then I'm scanning the crowd and I can get a good assessment of the demographic i'm like oh, i know what's gonna get them and then i play some motown and then it's like oh and then you start seeing them loosen up because you yeah. play into that era i love that feeling it's like they get transported but i 100 get that and my last question before i play the game in terms of because you you're saying everything right in terms of like because a lot of times uh the starving artists uh cliche that they put on artists i think a lot of them don't have direction and and they get lost because there's so many different ways you can express your artistry and I feel like you're what you're doing is 
gearing up for like somebody that's going to be around for a long time in terms of longevity in the music career because it takes a lot of especially dealing with you know bullshit promoters I start you know you start learning the tricks it's like oh I know with, with these these yeah. promoters that we're not and yeah. you start picking select cities because you know the business is going to be done right and it's like you know I'm, I'm sure you you deal with that but in terms of your growth your evolution as an artist, what, what, what does that look like for you, like moving forward in terms of the progression of what you want it to look like? Say the question one more time. I want to get the full what, question. What's the, in terms of your vision of the, the longevity of your career, um, what does that look like to you? I mean, until I drop, honestly, you know, I can't okay. lie and say that, you know, I'm an artist like we all do because we're independent, that it gets hard and you feel sometimes like you want to quit. You know, you mm -hmm. feel like, what am I even doing this for? Is anybody even listening? Is it even matter? You know, I, if I quit, I'm just one less artist that's going to be trying to make it. You know, you feel that way. Um, mm -hmm. But then I always go back and turn that thought around where there's never going to be, there's only one me. You know, there will never be another artist that's going to sing the songs, write the songs, perform the way I do, just like any other artist. It's like, we're, uh, I'm original. You have to remind myself that. Um, but as long as I continue to hold on to this passion and the purpose behind it and what I'm trying to do, which is share light and positive energy to the world through human experience, um, as long as I feel positive about that and I feel like I'm still being led in the in the right direction and I'm on the right path, I'm going to continue to go. I mean, I definitely envision myself as an older, older woman. You know, I see myself like the Diana Ross that's still touring and she's like 75, you know, or, you know, these artists that still pop up and do um, here and there tours and they're still they still got it you know as long as that passion is there I mean I don't really see an end date and honestly I don't know <laughs> what else I will be doing you know <laughs> other than movies you know like acting right. but that's all kind of rolled in you know to what mm -hmm. to, to music um but yeah I I definitely hope that I'm blessed enough to be around to continue to write and continue to put out music and just continue to get hired and continue to get that call and get booked get get on tours and have people buy my music. I mean, I don't take that lightly. That's a that's a super blessing because some people mm -hmm. who used to get booked a lot don't get booked anymore. Some people who was on had a one hit and then that was it. You know what I'm saying? So I don't take it lightly. It's a blessing. I'm thankful that um, I'm still getting calls and I'm still in high demand for you know live music and people are interested in what I have to say, what my music sounds like. So forever, as long as I can go. I play this game with all the guests. It's called the "What's Wrong with You" game. I got Yeah, I got. I got to explain the rules because they say I don't explain them good. Whenever they get in the in the game, so I'm gonna explain. It's basically an either or game. It's nothing to worry about. It's it's a pretty easy game as long as you. The basically the rules of games you gotta pick what I pick. That's the that's the rules of the game. I'm already stressed. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Hard, and I gotta. I gotta put emphasis on this is not artist comparison i just simply want to know who do you play more on your playlist that's basically it i want i, I you're probably wondering how, what does that have to do with your pick it's gonna make sense as we get into it okay let's get <laughs> i just into got it. okay the first one is marvin gay or teddy pendergrass like who do i listen to more yeah like who do i listen to more mm -hmm. on your playlist it's gonna be teddy 
Okay. And also, uh, let me add this in there again as we get further in the game. Uh, their catalog, <laughs> catalog, <laughs> cat, I know, right? I make up the rules as I go. That's also <laughs> something I do. I make it up as I go. <laughs> uh, you can, catalog matters. So uh, their production game, their songwriting game, all those credits, those count as well in terms of playlists. Just to add that little, oh, that little okay. so Yeah, the credits. Well, no, what, whoever, yo, it's just whoever, like, uh, like you lean towards more. Man, that was hard. It's like right now, out of those two artists, the last one I listened to was Teddy Pendergrass. Okay. So that's what I'm Okay, you're talking, right. was, you're talking yeah. right on that one. Yeah. Uh, the next one is OJ's or Whispers? Mm, OJ's, probably. Yeah, OJ's. Oh, yes. It's like three, four in a row. He's just like, OJ's, uh, yeah, okay. You get, you get bonus for that. The next one, Prince or Rick James? Oh, Prince. Prince. Okay, those are all trick questions. Either way, you would've went with it. You would've got it right, but you would've got double bonus if you would've said the whispers, cause you know, they got- So how do they I got, know they got right or not? <laughs> How do I know if I win? This is, this is where we at the part of the game right here. Those were the easy ones. This is a roller coaster ride game. Those were the easy ones to set you up. Now we at the part of the game. This is sort of where the the fall, the roller coaster, where it's going to hit. It mostly hits my stomach if y'all don't answer right. So don't okay. be <laughs> don't be alarmed. But we're at, we're, we're at the part of the game now where you got to get all these right or you get a what's wrong with you. That's where I kind of trick y'all a little bit. I like to. <laughs> but okay. This is Michael Jackson specific. Mm-hmm. Off the wall or thriller. Oh my God, are you kidding me? Let's go. Aren't what you, you got? Are you playing with me? <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Uh, this is not fair. <laughs> Off the wall. Come on, what you got? Go. What? Okay, on my playlist, let's see. This is playlist. Okay, so. Baby, my. Okay, off the wall thriller. Shit. Off the wall. You want me to list off the the songs gonna, on the yes, album? Yes, yes, yes. I know. Baby, okay. mine is on there. Off the wall is on, on thriller. There. Uh, thriller. uh, baby, baby, mine's on thriller. Off thriller. the wall, of course. The that song. Uh, I can't help it is on off the wall. Um, <laughs> Rock with you. Yes. That's Rock with you is on off the wall. And uh, think don't stop till you get enough is on off the wall. Off the wall. I say off the wall. I say off the wall. Thriller, there you thriller, go. Thriller, okay. Thriller, thriller was like thriller was like my time period. You know what I'm saying? Thriller was like okay when I came yeah. into Michael Jackson, right? So so mm-hmm. so that so that lives prominent with me is just Thriller because that was the first Michael Jackson video I ever right. saw was Thriller, and so mm-hmm. that sticks with me. So it's like I want to do Thriller, but really when we break down the record, it's it's it's, yeah, it's off and you are talking right. Nothing's wrong with you on that one. No, I was no. hoping. I, I was hoping you stay with off the wall. I was like, yeah, okay. I I I usually can guess what y'all gonna say next for, but I'm kind of nervous going with these next ones. So I don't, I'm not okay, sure. I'm just gonna play it. I, <laughs> okay, the next one is Miss Patty Labelle or Miss Aretha Franklin. Oh my gosh, you couldn't these Okay. Or 
I'm gonna say. <laughs> oh my That's gosh, tough. it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Okay. What? Well, who I'm do you play say, more? Who? Who's? Well, neither. You know, I don't listen to a lot of okay. Patty or Aretha on a playlist, right? Um, since we talked okay. about that, but as a art, I'm gonna just go with. Jeez, I don't know. I feel like I could say either one of them. I don't. Listen if somebody to played it at a, if like if you were at a like just at a uh, like just a where it's like all around, they just playing all kind of music from different eras. Who who would you be more inclined to listen to? Patty. Okay. Uh, Aretha. <laughs> No, oh, are you going with Aretha? I'm going with Patty. <laughs> and you will be out. <laughs> I'm going with Patty. There's nothing hey. wrong with you. I will... Wait, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. You, you leaning on I'm gonna Aretha? Go, I'm going to go with Patty. I'm going to go with Patty. I'm going to go with Patty, though. I'm going to go with Patty. Okay. I thought you was going with Aretha. I thought she was about to double back and pick Aretha. I was, I was gonna, say I'm going to have to knock off I was gonna, negative I was gonna 15 double points. Back. I was going to double back, <laughs> but then I thought about it, and I was like, no, we're going with Patty. We're going with Patty. I was about I, to say, I'm going to have to... I saw Patty live. It was incredible. Okay. Uh, like I said, you didn't you didn't get what's wrong with you on that one. You you aced that one. I was getting nervous because I'm like I'm gonna have to give you negative 15 points if you I pick like Aretha. They both, they both <laughs> that's that's fantastic. They're great, beautiful <laughs> icons, all that stuff. But, but Patty. I right right. We're not denying we're not denying the legacy any of that. But I need the honest. I need the you were being honest on that and I'm, okay. Next I, I one. Okay. Okay. The next one. Brian McKnight or Babyface? Mm, who I would play more. I play Brian McKnight. I know I'm probably gonna lose on that. Are are you are you doubling down on it? It's That's my, who your pick it's is? My, it's my error, you know? Okay. Do I ever cross your mind? I was in that era. So. <laughs> okay. I, well, okay. I mean, so. We're talking about playlists. Okay. Okay. Stick me. That's okay. You sticking oh, with Brian. Okay. Oh, okay. The rules of the game. Or baby face. Are we talking about songwriting and everything though? Yes. All that included. Oh, well then it has to be baby face. Listen, if you listen that. to more. If I could cheat, I know it's cheating to add Babyface's songwriter credits and production it, credits, yeah, but that can't. But okay, so just their solo work. Okay, I'll be or fair and say that. The way around, Brian can't compete with Babyface. Right. So in. so yeah, solo work. You're going with Brian. Yes. Um, I can. I'll take that. Solo work. I'm going with Brian. Just singing, just the song, just the album. Okay. We compare them both with 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 songwriting, with credit, with all of that. It's babyface. I mean, okay. That's without a yeah. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be fair and take that because usually I did I always add that in as the deleting factor just to get the W. But I ain't gonna be petty like that. And okay, <laughs> since so you didn't pick. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I'm Petty McGee for real. I, I'm 
Petty Shabazz, Petty yeah. Jenkins. I'm Petty LaBelle. Petty, I'm all Petty that. LaBelle. <laughs> yeah. Petty Davis, all that. Yeah, I'm all that. Okay. Since you picked Brian, you got you got at least 15 seconds to name me three Brian McKnight songs. Oh, Go ahead. Time to start it. Um, anytime. All for one. Um, you, you said, you see, and you asked me for songs, and I don't remember time. Five seconds. Ah! Uh, uh, I got it. I got it. <laughs> I got it. The pressure is too much. Eh, eh, eh. That's another petty side of me. That's another petty yeah. side of me with that yeah, game. Yeah, I like I, to hear the <laughs> clock. I like the clock to run out. The, the... <laughs> okay, so you named two Brian McKnight songs. You didn't name three. Like I said, I am also petty. So I'm not going to give you what's wrong with you, but you oh. are going to get you are going to get negative two points though. I give you credit for two. <laughs> I usually give negative. I usually give negative 17 points. I usually throw out an odd number of points to the negate <laughs> and uh, negative two points you don't get a negative you don't get a negative 17 you get negative two points because you named two but if you were named three i would have gave you bonus points yeah, but you didn't name three I know. and so negative two points okay the, the next ones may redeem you we it's gonna go right go by fast oh, okay the next one I, I feel like i know what you're gonna talk on this one i feel like you're gonna be talking right on this one swv or escape Playlist. I listen to more SWV. SWV. There you go. You talking right? Ain't nothing wrong with you on that. You know, I knew you was gonna. I knew you were gonna say that. From, I knew as soon as you said that was your childhood and style. I was like, oh, she gonna be talking right when the game come on. Yes. Absolutely. There you go. No further. Yes. Yes. Beautiful gowns. Great gowns. Beautiful gowns. Yeah. All that. Good stuff. Right. Yeah. But SWV. Listen, easy work, easy work. Okay, the next one, Boys to Men or Jodeci? Boys to Men for me. You are you, you, you positive? I'm positive. I okay. I, know more right. lyrics. I just need I, I just more, need clarification. I knew more, more. I know more lyrics to Boys to Men songs than I do Jodeci songs. Oh, I like it. You said you're picking Boys the Men. You said you're picking I, Boys the Men. Yeah, I was in love. I love Boys the Men. Okay. I know okay, so just like. That may be something wrong with me. That Hey, that might be that might be the suburban version of me. You know, because I'm a suburban kid. So Listen, like, that, that makes, you know what, I can't, I can't, I can't front on it. Because Jodeci, that's a specific type of, it's like okay. a different like boys to men is for like like you would kind of skip school if you had a boyfriend, but you would go back to class. You wouldn't take the whole day in hooky. The the yeah. Jodeci is for the kids that would just skip school <laughs> to go yeah. out with their boyfriend and stuff like yeah. that. Little yeah. little bit more on the roughneck side, you know. Roughneck side, exactly. Yeah, See, I didn't even know about Jodeci until like later. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't even know okay. about Jodeci until like later. I knew boys to men, and then you know that was all in your face. Boys to men was. Mm -hmm very you know pop i guess like pop rb very you know just huge and jodeci i learned later you know appreciate them love them saw them in concert mm -hmm. great um but i hey i'm i like the romantic 
I miss the days when they was bending down on one knee begging, you know? So, like, to me? Right. Okay. Is it? <laughs> okay, so the same rules apply to the Brian McKnight and Babyface one. You got exactly 15 seconds. I'll be nice and give you two. I was going to say three, but okay, you got 15 seconds to name me two Boys the Men songs. Okay. Down on Bend the Knee. Motown Philly. Okay. I'm gonna give you bonus because you named two. I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be true to the word. It's it give me bonus points. Okay. Bonus. Bam. Give me them bonus. <laughs> they they got bonus points. I got you get point. get two point five bonus points. No, I'm clear. You get, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You get you get bonus twenty five. I give you bonus twenty five for that. Twenty five. Okay. There we go. Okay, yeah. the bonus one. We we we're at the end. Of bonus. Uh, Mary J. Blige or Faith Evans? Mary J. Okay. Uh, oh, let me put it like this. Who who has the better debut and sophomore album? Who has the better debut, uh, Mary J. or uh, Faith? Who has the better debut and sophomore album? Who's got the better debut? What was, I don't remember Faith. Uh, Mary, uh, Mary's What's the 411 and Faith's uh, self-titled. Oh shit! Wait. Okay, I remember. And then my life, my, my life, life is platform. Yeah. And then one was faith. Keep the faith. There, I'm, uh, going Mary. I'm going Mary J. Okay. All right. There's a bonus anyway. It don't count anyway. Uh, you'll get you bonus points. Faith, you you listen. Faith. Listen here. You faith. Faith. This is no no no. Let me let me explain something. Faith has the better debut. And then Mary has the better uh, sophomore album. That's how I play it. Listen to, if you listen What's to better? Faith. How are you describing better? Are you talking about sales? Because, about no, better? absolutely not. That's for the kids. Kids do that. Okay. You're talking to an actual. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I, when I tell you, I dig deep into the crates. Faith Evans' debut album is quintessential okay. 90s R&B. From front to back, you're not skipping it. I promise you. I need to go back and listen to it. What's the 411 is good, and it was uh, for that time period, way uptown, Andre Harrell ushered in hip hop and R&B. Yes, Mary's blueprint, but she didn't put her footing in until she get my life, because What's the 411 was like more of a hip hop album. album. Yeah. But her real R&B album was the My Life one. So that's how I play that, but What's the, I, I ain't go front on Miss Faith Evans. She's always the underdog. I go for the underdog. Okay, so Keith the Faith was her second record, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And that was a great album too. It just it just doesn't top my life though. Even though all the producer and songwriters were the same on both albums, but but you know. Okay. Her first, her first album. Okay, ninety five. I remember that. I was like, I remember yeah. her face on the cover. Okay. Yeah. This is. Listen, it's, it's, you get the Clark sister, Hezekiah Walker, it's gospel R&B, that's what yes, I call it. Yes. You're not, you're not, but, okay, I'm gonna throw another bonus, Tweet or uh, Ashanti? Tweet or Ashanti? Okay, I didn't listen to either of them a lot, but I know their hits. So, Tweet or, I mean, I only really, know a couple songs from Tweet and then she had a hit with Missy Elliott. Okay. I'm gonna say 
Wait, Tweet or who? What was the other artist? <laughs> that's oh, exactly my, that's my, that's my, <laughs> you ain't got to explain further. That's how I, yeah. I <laughs> interpret right. her anyway. <laughs> who else? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's exactly. I remember Tweet, I mean, she had a, uh, she had a great first album, I feel like. And then she had that hit with, she had a, Missy Elliott was behind her. And then mm-hmm. Ashanti, I mean, Ashanti was cool, but Ashanti right. was very much like, a hook singer, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, she wrote a lot. Mm-hmm. Somebody who did a lot of hooks. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Tweet. I feel like she was dope. There you go. Bonus points. Okay, yeah. I've determined. We're at the conclusion of the What's Wrong With You game, and I have determined there's nothing wrong with Miss Branjay. <laughs> you won the game. I won the game. Yes, it's a constant. Well, I do a constellation prize for all the guests, immaculate guests. I feel like immaculate guests deserve immaculate prizes. So I'll be sure to cash app you $2.32 so you can go to the, the nearest convenience store to get any beverage of your choice, adult beverage or just a regular beverage. You get $2.32 will be. But you won the game. Thank you so much for coming on the hey, podcast. This was so fun. Yes. Listen, I, I don't blow smoke. I don't believe in that. I feel like, you know, honest critique of music. And my honest critique is when I hear your music, it's just something about, I, I, I use this word all the time, soul and print. When I hear like Anita Baker, when I hear uh, like uh, Lisa Morgan, like those 80s artists, and then even moving forward, like a, like a Faith Evans or... You know, I hear certain records, it like resonate of the first time I hear it. And your voice does that for me in terms of being like a soul. It's like a musical ascension. It's like Thank a different you. realm of wow. how I interpret it. And man, and like I said, pureness. That's all I hear when I when I hear the music. And yeah, I, those I feel like what you're doing now is just the president of what I expect moving forward. And whatever that is, whatever you imagine it to be whatever genre you play with, Mm. I'm accepting of that artistry because I feel like it's coming from an authentic place and from an authentic artist, no problem. And what what can uh, the the listening audience look forward to in terms of uh, the projects you got coming out? Yeah, well, we're still pumping this um, intro vibronic that just came out. Um, I'm set to shoot um, a music video on Tuesday. And so they can look out for that. And the lyric book um, was just dropped. So that's just been on the, um, we just got that on the band camp. So yeah, they could get the intro vibronic and then look forward to my next project or that called Master of Ceremonies. Really excited about sharing. And then I've been working on some singles in between there. So I'll have, you know, I got an, an R&B song that's going to come out called On the Ground that I really, really love. I've been playing it live and testing it out. It's getting a lot of good response. So yeah, a lot of new, 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 new stuff coming out. And what's your social media where they can follow you? It's Brand J Music. Spelled just my name, B-R-A-N-J-A-E. And then music behind that on all social platforms, um, Bandcamp and all the social medias. Okay. Like I said, so sad in this podcast. Miss Branjay, fantastic. Probably one of my top, already my top favorite guest of the year. We Yay, are, we ain't even all the way you. over with. Oh my God, this was so, oh, the gems you were dropping. Y'all getting free gems on this podcast. This is, this is one great episode. Hopefully you tuned in. Thank you so much again, Miss Branjay, for coming on. 
Do you have any lasting words you want to say before we end the podcast? Oh, man. Just keep sharing love. Keep sharing positivity. There's so much negativity. Let's control our own vibrations and, like, decide to be good and decide to give and decide to be patient. All those wonderful things. And, yeah, continue making art, everybody. Just make art. Yes. Yes. That's a word. Another gem right there. Control the vibrations. That's what I was trying to do in this because I'm very much a heathen. And so I was trying to contain that in this, you know, I don't like to express it so much to people on the on the first introduction. So control <laughs> the vibrations. We're doing that. So Savage Podcast, y'all. Yes. So Savage Podcast, y'all. Miss Brand J, wonderful guest. She's just fantastic. Make sure y'all purchase the music. We're going to have all the links in the Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, descriptions, uh, descriptions. Make sure y'all tune in. Whether you need to be comforted, soothed, or relaxed, soul savviness got you. The ultimate getaway. You are listening to the sounds of Soul Savviness Podcast, where we are sure to put your mind, body, and soul at ease.